0: Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host Ryan McDowell, and joined again as always by Matt
1: Williamson. Matt, how's it going? It's going great, man. How are you? I got uh, kids have a half day today, and they're off tomorrow for some reason, and uh, they're making me kind of crazy. Oh
0: man! <laughs> as a teacher, I'm a little jealous. I love those random days off, but uh, yeah, we we don't have that this week, so. Yeah, what's you mind? enjoy the extra kid time, but uh, for the for the next hour or so, we'll give you a retreat. We'll talk a little NFC. Uh, last week, we talked about the uh, winners and the losers in, in dynasty football and the AFC based on all the things that have gone on the past few weeks. Free agency, a few trades, some players getting released, and, and some other news thrown in there as well. So today, we're going to focus on the NFC, and we're going to start with America's team, the Cowboys. Last week we started each team discussion with the Risers or you could call them the Winners if you want. Let's start this time with the the Fallers, players who are losing dynasty value based on the the recent news. And Matt, you're going to start with a dynasty loser from the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I know this was my assignment and I'm having a hard time finding one. I mean, it's basically the exact same offense Minus two starting offensive linemen. I mean, Terrence Williams returns. I mean, I look at Witten and think he's got to fall off soon. But might they draft a tight end? I don't know. I would think the most of their draft will be on defense. I'm having a hard time seeing, you know, what's different about this group. I agree. I I was – looking for a
0: winner, a player gaining dynasty value and couldn't really find one. There's a lot of players on this team that their value is just stuck in between right now. We really don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Tony Romo is the big story with this team. We all would have expected him to be gone from the Cowboys roster by this point, and and maybe even on a new roster. Obviously, that hasn't happened. I, I don't know if that's because the Cowboys are driving a hard bargain, I guess you could say, or... Maybe Romo has less value than the many people expected. Yeah. People were just plugging him in uh, uh, us included plugging him in as the starter for Houston or the starter for Denver. Maybe those teams don't want him as badly as we expected
1: them to. I still think he's going to end up in one of those spots, but that still doesn't change much with the Dallas situation. Right. You, you mentioned the
0: offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott had a huge rookie season. Uh, he's certainly not losing value, but there's maybe a little reason for concern as far as can he keep that up in year 2 with some some changes on that offensive line.
1: Yeah, and I think there'll be more pressure on him to do so. I think the defense will be a little weaker. You know, their pass rush wasn't great. Their secondary got hit hard. Everyone's going to, you know, you, you think about the defensive coordinators in the NFC East. They're going to spend the off season watching Prescott film, figuring out ways to, you know, make him more uncomfortable. So he is going to have to take a step forward. So at this point, while while we expect some changes on the
0: Cowboys' offense, uh, you, you mentioned drafting a tight end. I think they could do that. I think they, uh, I think they have to add a, a wide receiver threat. I'm I'm shocked they even brought Williams back. To be honest, yeah. not many changes yet. So a s- story to be told still in Dallas. What about the Redskins? their situation they've lost a lot <laughs> they lost their their top two receivers although they did add some pieces there as well and they have Josh Dotson hopefully coming back healthy i think the the player losing value there is Kirk Cousins the quarterback first of all he ha- has not yet gotten this long-term contract taken care of now whether that's a team decision or cousins being a little reluctant to remain in washington we've heard some conflicting stories on that but he lost to Sean Jackson he lost Pierre Garcon, and maybe most importantly, he lost his general manager that was making some great moves. And, of course, there's controversy and, and more to be told with that story as well. But all of those things have me a little worried about Cousins' future and his dynasty value.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a very good chance that he's playing elsewhere a year from now. And is that good or bad? I mean, if it's San Francisco, it's probably bad. But Shanahan's a good offensive mind. You know, I mean, uh, there, there are some – maybe he ends up in Houston. I mean, but I would think, yeah, I think he's a noticeable faller. Where you got to think Josh, Josh Doxson, if healthy, has a very, very clear path now. He's a riser. His stock's got to be, you know, down, or at least it was before free agency hit with the injuries and, you know, not being able to see him. Um, I think him and Pryor now step into pretty prominent roles. How much do
0: you see Pryor's dynasty value changing from Cleveland to Washington? We we had said in our free agency preview that almost anywhere he went, yeah. he had a chance to see better production, a better offense, uh, and, and which would likely result in, an in some increased dynasty value. Does Washington fit the bill there, in your opinion?
1: I guess, but not by leaps and bounds. You know, I mean, I think they – I think that they have a good line, you know, that they're going to spread the ball around Crowder and Reed, assuming they're both healthy, are going to get a lot of targets too. But they like Pryor, obviously. I mean, I do think it's a slight uptick. The one thing I wanted to mention too, though, is I could see their, you know, their running back situation changing here in the next month or two as well. I mean that I don't think Kelly's a lead back.
0: No, I agree. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily call him a loser at this point, but they seem Uh almost, almost certain to add a rookie running back. Let's move over to the Philadelphia Eagles. They've, they've made a few changes as well. Uh, Who do you see losing value from the Eagles current roster?
1: Well, there's kind of the obvious ones. I mean, Aguilar, which I think I've had I've told you this before, but Nelson Aguilar led the Eagles wide receivers and snaps last year. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, that just shows how bad the receivers were. And he did hardly anything. So if he had any value, it's gone. I guess Matthews' value dropped a little. You know, I'm talking about Jordan. You know, I think he's in a more a better role for what he does. Uh Ryan Matthews' value certainly fell. And I think Ertz's value fell. I mean, if you I'm not sure if a lot of people pay attention, but that last six weeks or so of the season, I thought Ertz and Wentz really became uh, you know, had, had a good good thing going, and it was almost by default because the Eagles didn't have anybody else.
0: What about our guy Doriel Green Beckham? He's the, he's another player that's been uh, one of our favorites. Uh, I know I've got a, a few shares in dynasty leagues. I'm sure you probably do too. Are we giving up on on him at this point? Are we still holding on to that that talent that has flashed? you know, through college and and some limited snaps in Tennessee
1: and Philadelphia? What what are we doing with him? That's a good question. I mean, I think best case scenario for him, first of all, I think Tory Smith's stock went up a little bit. I mean, because I know when people, everyone's going to look at him and say, man, he, was, he didn't do anything last year. But Gabbert doesn't throw deep. I mean, they, they need a guy that's going to uncork it for him to have any kind of value. So I think they brought him in with the ideal of him and Jeffrey being the outside guy, Matthews being on the inside, a lot of hurts, a lot of running back catches. So, I mean, that really kind of leaves Green Beckham as, what, your fourth if you're lucky, Um, and maybe even Aguilar's your fourth or another guy. (sighs) Maybe the writing was on the wall when they traded for him because they really gave nothing up for this guy. I mean, maybe NFL looks at him a lot less favorable than the dynasty community does. I think that's a very,
0: very strong possibility. And we've talked about this on here before with, with some other players that dynasty owners just believe in those players more than we should based on what the NFL and and NFL teams tell us. Um, Hmm. DGB could be one of those for sure. You mentioned Tory Smith. I think he's gaining some dynasty value. I think back to, Mike Wallace, like like Smith, he's that deep threat, had some good years early in Pittsburgh. He ended up with Minnesota and had just a terrible year. Everybody basically gave up on him. He leaves there, ends up later, eventually in Baltimore, and, and then kind of came back and had some fantasy-relevant seasons. I think we could see the same thing with Torrey Smith. He was obviously terrible, a non-factor with the 49ers last year for a, a few different reasons, but I could see him bouncing back in this offense. They gave him decent money for a player that had just been cut. And, um and I see his dynasty value rising. He was basically nearly waiver wire fodder. And now he's back on the map a little bit. And the, the addition of Smith, the addition of Alshon Jeffrey, I think it, it, it has to help Carson Wentz as he goes into his second year. So he's another player in my opinion, gaining a little dynasty
1: value. Yeah, I think those are the obvious. I mean, Wentz is an obvious one. I mean, you get Alshon Jeffrey to throw to compared to having Nelson Aguilar be the team leader and snaps a wide receiver. That's certainly a good thing. Um, much like Washington, I think the Eagles will add a big back at some point too.
0: Yeah, you you talked about Ryan Matthews. We said a few guys on last show that were we, we felt like are losing value not necessarily anything that's happened through free agency or trades but just they're just dynasty value is fading away Matt Forte being one of those Ryan Matthews is one of those too they haven't added a running back I, I don't believe through free agency but yeah the writing's on the wall they're they're bringing in someone they're not leaving that backfield to Sproles and Matthews and Smallwood again if I have any of those guys
1: ship them off uh, for anything you can get i i would think smallwood's the only one that somebody might bite on though I'll, I'll tell you this i i
0: offered in uh in one of my leagues i offered smallwood to a guy who in the past had shown some interest in him and we're talking a year ago in that in that rookie draft period I offered smallwood for two fourths and got turned down wow so,
1: that's why that's I mean, probably in a PPR too. I mean, I think you'll catch fast. Right. That's
0: why I say anything you can get. And I, you know, actually Sproles I'd probably just keep. Um, I would you're not going to get more than you're going to get nothing back. Right. You're not going to get anything. So uh, he, he always seems to surprise with a a big game here or there. I'd probably hang on to him if Smallwood or Matthews bring anything in return, jump at it. You mentioned the um, Wentz and some of those guys kind of being obvious. I think the next one for me is obvious with the Giants. The player losing some value, at least over the short term, is Sterling Shepard, second-year receiver. Uh, The Giants bring in Brandon Marshall, uh, who's going to play. He's going to play some inside, some outside. Uh, Shepard was was the second leading receiver on that team. I think they're also going to bring in a tight end through the the NFL draft. So that could even depending on how much capital they spend on that player, that could hurt Shepard even more. He's still a guy I like. I'm I would be buying Shepard, but he is losing some dynasty value.
1: Yeah, well said. I mean, to no fault of his own. You know, like all of us dynasty owners that drafted him, he's the player we thought he was going to be, but there's only so many, you know, passes that are going to go around. And and the reality is he is a starter for them. I mean, I think it's like 94% of the snaps they play in 11 personnel with one back, one tight end, three receivers. But he's going to, Shepherd is going to be exclusively on the slot, slot, mostly. But you know, Odell's going to demand his. Marshall's stock goes up, in my opinion, going to a better situation. Anything was a better situation than the Jets. Um, of course, Eli's stock goes up, although I have my doubts about him. And I'm with you on the tight end situation. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, Najuku in the first round ends up in, in, New York. I mean, uh, I think that's a possibility. I also think they're going to draft a bigger back.
0: Yeah, I was surprised they were not active in free agency at the tight end spot. Uh, There were a few good options. options. Cook and Bennett and um, uh, someone Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like I'm forgetting someone, but they didn't, I I didn't see any interest from the Giants in a tight end. So, you know, I guess they go with with Will Ty, I think he's gone. Danelle, I think Will Ty is still there. Denell is gone. They got Gerald Adams, who they added last year, and uh, potentially a rookie. So we'll we'll just see again how much capital they spend at that spot.
1: I mean, that's the Ben and I. You know, we we ga together back at Pitt, and you know, he comes from a very you know, a packer centric offense. You know, you saw the Packers the past two year. Go get Cook. Go get Bennett that ever since they've had Jermichael Finley, I mean, a, 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 an impressive receiving tight end is almost a must in that offense. I, I think that's why they'll love Najuku or maybe even anger him.
0: Yeah, those guys would be, would be fun and would see a lot of value in that no offense. No doubt. Let's move to the NFC we'll North, to the North and North. start with the Packers.
1: Who do you see losing value in Green Bay? I didn't have one. Um, I don't know how good a football player Randall Cobb is, for one thing. You know, I, I think his Matt. stock's already fallen. Oh, I forgot the Kentucky. Matt, oh, let's okay. not talk about it. Uh, he's he's hard to defend right now, though, from your hometown, I have a feeling. he
0: Well, he is. The thing with Cobb is a year ago, or maybe it was two years ago, he was being drafted as like a top 15, top 18 dynasty asset. And that right. he was simply being overvalued at that point. He's, you know, he's a solid fantasy wide receiver too. That's his upside and drafting him early in the second round or, or really anywhere in the second round was never a very good idea. So that's where the disappointment comes in. And I mean, we know, we know what Aaron Rodgers does. We know what that offense looks like. They've got Jordy Nelson and they've got Adams and they've, and they've got tight end options currently, or I guess now it's Martellus Bennett. It's been Jared Cook this past year and, and others in the past. But they've got so many options. So Cobb is going to have big games. He's still going to have big games in the future. He, I don't think he's done. I just don't think he was ever a a wide receiver one as he was being drafted at some points.
1: But as is he the third most valuable Packers wide receiver now? I think so. Dynasty value-wise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, you'd you'd rather have Adams, you'd rather have Nelson. I'm sure. Yes,
0: yeah, but I don't think on that team, on that offense, I don't think that's necessarily a slight. Oh, right. No. Right. No. There's you. there's plenty of teams, maybe a dozen teams, where dynasty wise, he's going to be the most valuable.
1: Mm, you might like him a little more than I do. There's some bad there's some <laughs> bad receivers out there. I, I think. I mean, obviously the bill. People like that would kill.
0: Yeah, I think the, the winner here, um, and this one's close, but I think it's Martellus Bennett. Um, he leaves yeah. He leaves uh, New England where he saw a, a resurgence in his play, a resurgence in his dynasty value. It's not a huge upgrade to go from New England to Green Bay. Maybe no upgrade at all. But I think just what we saw from Aaron Rodgers and Jared Cook last year gives people, gives dynasty owners a lot of hope for Bennett and what he can do in 2017. So I think his value uh, takes a slight jump, even after a, a strong year
1: with the Patriots. And like I said about the Giants, I mean, they play a ton of 11 personnel. They feature the tight end. You know, there's no gronk in his way. I mean, you would hope he's more, you know, he's healthier this year in Green Bay as he was than he was last year for New England. I mean, I, I think he's a starting tight end all day long in redraft, don't you think? I mean, he's a top. 10, 12 guys.
0: Yes, for sure. And and even even in Dynasty, people think of him as being older at this point. He's not. But yeah. I think it's hard to keep him out of your top six or seven Dynasty tight end uh, if, you, if you're ranking them. So he's he's up there for me. And, again,
1: I think he's gaining value. He's behind Olsen for you, though, right? Like, But not by leaps and bounds. He's in that neighborhood. Right. I would say they're in the same tier okay okay yeah i think you're dead on i haven't really thought of it in tears but uh yeah i think that is safe to say um you know while i have your attention everyone i want to tell everyone about loot crate uh they got a new they got a new thing going this month so it's a different read for you guys but if you're still on the epic on an epic quest for gear houseware and collectibles loot crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month even cheaper when you use our code whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or if you are that geek The Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming every month. Every month, there's a different theme and a new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or a loved one. So for April, join us as we salute some of our favorite mystery solvers from Stranger Things. It's a great series, by the way, if you guys haven't watched it. Batman, The X-Files, the wife and I used to watch tons of X-Files, and Marvel's Jessica Jones. One lucky subscriber will also win a Mega Crate including signed copies of Jessica Jones, Alias, Volumes 1 through 4. So you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific Time to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Lootcrate.com slash Dynasty Blueprint and enter the code Dynasty Blueprint. And you'll save a couple bucks off already a crate that's already less than 20 bucks a month. So on that's your new subscription. Do that today. Over and out.
0: Matt, let's take a look at the Lions. This is another team that have has just done almost nothing. Uh, very difficult for me to find a player losing dynasty value. The only one that maybe if we're stretching is Zach Zenner. People uh, kind of jumped on that bandwagon a little bit as he had a, a strong end of the season, but Riddick is still there. Abdullah is still there. I think it's just a case of a, a dose of reality hitting us that Zenner doesn't have he doesn't have a for sure full-time job, let alone a lot of dynasty value. So he's maybe
1: the one I see losing value, but they just haven't done anything. No, but their offensive line got better. You know, I thought they were they had two of their five starters up for free agency. I Actually, think they got, they lost both of them, but I actually think they got better at both spots. I think Abdullah a riser, you know, just because they didn't sign Lacey or Murray. I mean, I think they still pigeonhole him as, a potential number one back for them with a better line, they certainly could draft a back pretty high though. But their defense needs so much. I, I wanted to bring him up because I talked about Dixon last week or you know last show, and actually just traded for him. I'm gonna throw that an offer and tell you what I did there. But I've been trying to get Abdullah too. And what's the, the going rate for him? I mean, I thought they would be equal value. I mean, I'd give up like a two five two six for Abdullah. I think it would be similar to Dixon. In that early, not getting it done though. Yeah,
0: that that early second
1: round range is not doing it. I've been trying to get away a little cheaper than that. I mean, <laughs> I think I offered like <laughs> two five, two six in that neighborhood, and uh, the guy wrote back said I need a first round pick, and then I just stopped talking to him, and then I forget the other conversation. But I did get Dixon today, and I put it out on Twitter. Um, I woke up this morning to an offer. He'll give me. This is a hyperactive two that you you run. He offered me. Dixon for my 202. And I had three first round picks in that league. It's a total rebuild. And I kind of thought about it for an hour or two and pretty much said I would accept that. But I went back and said, give me three ten and an 18-third, and I'll give you two two for Dixon. And he accepted. So I was happy with that.
0: Yeah, I saw that one come through. I thought that was pretty fair. He had sent me an offer as well. So I'm glad I'm glad you accepted. I was torn and couldn't decide. So So he was moving
1: Dixon, no matter what.
0: He was shopping Dixon. It seemed like he wanted uh, two late seconds for me. Let's move over to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Another team that has been in the news a little bit. They let Adrian Peterson walk, although he's he's still out there and and available. They did bring in Latavius Murray. I I don't. I can't decide if he's a winner or a loser in this deal.
1: Who's who's your? He's my faller. He's my faller. Okay. So go ahead with that. Well, first of all, I don't think he's very good. I mean, I I really don't. I I don't think he's an NFL number one back. He goes to a team with a far worse offensive line. I mean, I think the the argument's pretty sound that the Raiders have a top five at worst offensive line. The Vikings have probably a bottom five offensive line. Um, And then he gets there, and now he has all these ankle problems. I mean, I think he's getting surgery today or something. So I, I think his stock plummeted. So this was an interesting one. When I was thinking
0: about who the riser might be, I thought we actually might have picked the same player as the riser and the follower, but but we're on the same page. I, I chose Jarek McKinnon as the riser.
1: That's a great call. Yeah, it's exactly what I was saying. I'm here.
0: not a huge McKinnon fan necessarily. It was clear with Peterson leaving that they would bring in somebody. And when they added Murray, I thought that was a boost to the McKinnon fans or McKinnon dynasty owners just because of what you just laid out that Murray's I don't see him as a huge threat uh, at, at worst, it's a timeshare which McKinnon has has dealt with a little bit in his time in the league. But I think there's a chance he could, uh, he could see even more playing time and hopefully we see some better play from him. He hasn't done anything to uh, himself to make dynasty owners feel good about that confidence, but uh, we'll we'll see if he can turn things around. The addition of Murray, in my opinion, did not help, or I'm sorry, did not hurt his value. So maybe he's actually a see, riser. I think it's a
1: good thing. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. And just to expand upon what you're saying. I think that the Vikings think that their running back situation is solved. So now they're not going to use a third round pick on a running back. You know, they're going to draft more linemen. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here thinking I'd rather McKinnon than Murray. You know that. Uh, at least they didn't bring back Adrian Peterson or, you know, I mean, he's not nearly as blocked and he's a good receiver. Can you get McKinnon for two thirds or is that too cheap?
0: Uh, I think that's probably too cheap. Yeah. I think you could get him for, for almost any second, really, you know, on on face value, this looks like bad news to McKinnon. Okay. He's there. They bring in another running back. That's gotta be bad news. I don't think it necessarily is. So if you can take advantage of that, roll the dice with a late second. Yeah, that's worth it. Matt, the Bears are another team that I had trouble finding a, a dynasty loser, a player falling in dynasty value. They've made a few moves. They let let their top wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, go. He, he goes to the Eagles, as we mentioned earlier. They – get rid of Jay Cutler, which we all knew was coming and add Mike Glennon gave him a, a pretty nice contract to be their new starter. They've added a bunch of wide receivers, but I'm not necessarily excited about any of them. Uh, Kendall Wright and Marcus Wheaton, guys like that. Uh, the other player they added just in the past couple of days is Benny Cunningham, the former Ram third down back, pretty good out of the backfield can catch some passes. So I, I guess I'm, Picking Jeremy Langford as the loser, I think that's really kills any any bit of dynasty value he might have had for those those few Langford believers
1: that were still hanging on. Yeah, I guess we got to name someone that's as good as any, but I'm with you. That would have been a tough call. Um, Glennon's an obvious riser just for the fact that he's now an NFL starting quarterback. I mean, he wasn't a couple months ago. I think Howard is still a winner. I mean, that's a good offensive line. And they didn't bring it. I mean, you mentioned Benny Cunningham, but they didn't bring it. I mean, he's still clearly the guy. I don't think he's going to be in a timeshare. And Alshon Jeffrey's gone. I guess that's a boost in confidence to White. You know, White is almost the
0: forgotten guy here. Right. People, when Jeffrey uh, officially left town and signed with Philly, the talk was, okay, can Cameron Meredith be the real wide receiver one? And White... Yeah, White just wasn't mentioned hardly at all. We have to presume he's healthy at this point. Most of the reports I've seen have been good. He's barely played through his first two years because of some different injury situations. And if you were a big White fan, Kevin White fan, two years ago when he was drafted with the top 10 pick, his value is way down, has plummeted from that point two years ago. So he's a guy, if you're a fan, I'm not. But if you're a fan, you should be buying.
1: Yeah, and I might kick the tires on him a little bit. I mean, just to see, can I can I get him for two hundred two? I'll do that.
0: I think he still probably cost a first rounder just based on that draft capital. You know, he was what he was probably the one two or one three uh, a couple years ago in rookie drafts. People, I bet some people took him ahead of Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for those people, but yes, that, that <laughs> happened. Let's talk about the NFC South and the Atlanta Falcons. This, this is a theme throughout the NFC. I've, I'm struggling to really nail down some winners and losers. I know a couple losers on the Falcons, but I'm going to let you start with that one and see if we agree.
1: I, I didn't have one. I mean, maybe I'm missing something that you did because I think the offense is exactly the same. And I expect them to. I, I thought their biggest weakness on offense was the right guard position, Chris Chester. And I think they're going to use a first or second round pick there. So I think their worst starter is going to become a better player, and nothing else changed. You know. So what am I missing here? I mean, what? Why? Who's who's not a faller, or who's a faller that should be?
0: Well, of course, they lost their offensive coordinator.
1: Uh, yes. Yes. And and then they also lost
0: Demarco, the fullback, who went up to. Yeah. Um, Went up to Buffalo. Like that. So, yeah, if we're stretching, Freeman and Coleman, maybe a little bit of concern. Shanahan's gone. How are they going to be used? We've we've heard that the offense under Sarkeesian is going to be basically the same. But, you know, who's, who's mm-hmm. to know if that's going to work that way for sure? I, I don't see in – in our ADP drafts or in leagues that I'm in, I don't see people panicking on either Freeman or Coleman. And, and I, I wouldn't advise that. But again, kind of like with Elliott and the changes at offensive line, there's at least a little reason to think we might not see that same level of production from those two Falcons
1: backs. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about it now that you brought it up, I mean, I'm sure they'll keep the same offense, the same playbook, but Shanahan was an exceptional play caller. You know, like when to do things distance, you know, or set up plays and down and distance situations, that will probably suffer a little bit. I mean, as good, that was the best offense in the league next year. They're going to be the best offense in the league again next year. Will Ryan put up exactly that type of numbers? Probably not. And then I also think about how well they used Tevin Coleman as a receiver. Will this new coaching staff be able to do that as well? I was, I was in charge
0: of finding the riser here, the dynasty winner, and I just couldn't do it. I, I still like Freeman. I like Coleman. Obviously, Julio Jones is is elite and at the top of mm. the dynasty game. Uh, Hooper, I think, is on the rise. Had a strong Super Bowl game. I think Ryan's probably being overrated, overvalued at this point. He's He swung the other way. Last year was the time. Last offseason was the time to buy him. I don't really see any any players gaining value at this point
1: i mean it's hard to believe that the offense in general could be better than it was last year right uh
0: the buccaneers uh, another team that's uh, made limited moves um the follower here for me and again this is really a stretch adam humphreys they bring in deshaun jackson humphreys was a guy who really came out of nowhere to, to get a little bit of dynasty, a little bit of fantasy value. Uh, I even plugged him in. I think one week as a starter, which is, is not saying too much. That was rough, but um, he had some nice PPR games. And with Jackson there, he's, he's just pushed down the depth chart.
1: Do you think Brait kind of falls into that as well? It's not like Jackson's a a big target hog, but one more mouth, you know, maybe his slice of pie gets slightly smaller.
0: I could see that, and and there's also a lot of uh, word out in mock drafts. You know, if if for whatever whatever that's worth, that they would look to take a tight end in the first or second round. Yeah. So maybe. I like Brait a lot. Uh, his price, even after a, a big season, has not really gone up very much. So he's still a player I'm willing to buy. I think you can even get him for probably. He's a guy you could probably buy for a couple of thirds. But but yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about his value falling off a cliff. You see any any winners with the Buccaneers?
1: Uh, Winston for sure. You know, I mean, yeah had Jackson in the mix. I mean, I, I think there's five more long touchdowns that he didn't have, or you know, I mean, just more completions. I'm hesitant to say Sims because I do think they're going to take it back pretty high, but I have no faith in Martin.
0: No, I don't either. I don't know what they're doing at running back. They re signed Jaquiz Rogers. Sims is still there, of course. Martin, most people think he's not going to be back, but he's still on the roster as of now. Um, and that, that's kind of a, a messy situation. I'm probably avoiding all those guys other than maybe adding Quiz for free off the waiver wire.
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, and, and I mean, Sims, I guess, is very much in their plans. I don't know that I could say he's a riser, though.
0: No, I think he was a. I think he was a riser this time last year. People were looking at him as eventually getting a chance to be the starter. He got that chance when Martin got hurt, and he did nothing. And so I think I think what happened is Tampa figured out he can't be their starter. He can't be their every down back. He is what he is as a decent pass catching back, uh, but beyond that, I don't think there's much there. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's look at the Saints, and we'll let you start with a player losing value for the
1: Saints. Another tough one, because I think that they will add a tight end or another receiver, but you ship out Cooks, bring in Ginn. That's got to help Thomas and what's-his-face, the slot guy that I forget his name off the top of my head. Sneed. Um Sneed. And, and I, they can't be happy with Fleener. But they haven't done anything to replace him yet. I think they might add a tight end. I'd love to see Evan Ingram there in particular. But other than that, I mean, is it a downgrade for Ginn? No. I mean, in the dome, with Drew Brees throwing to you? Uh, I think the Thomas and Sneed's numbers go up. Yeah, I agree. I don't see many many players losing value on
0: that roster as it stands now. Ginn is my big winner. He's another guy that went from uh, Dynasty waiver wire to sure. – to, to maybe a fantasy starter at some point in the season, as he did a couple years ago when he went to Carolina and had the big year with Cam Newton, my only concern with him, and, and he's bounced around he was drafted with Miami, he spent some time in San Francisco and I can't even remember somewhere else. I think before ending up in Carolina, he's never had any success without Cam Newton. So uh, Drew Brees, obviously, uh, can make his his receivers better.
1: We'll see if he can do that with Ted Ginn. I, I toured Teddy Ginn around Pitt's campus about 14 years ago on an official visit. I mean, he's not a young pup. No, no. Still fast, though. Yes. He almost went to the Olympics as a hurdler and just skipped football. I mean, he was that kind of fast coming out of high school. Wow. Uh, let's look at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, The the loser
0: to me, we've talked about kind of the situation before, Um, not necessarily because of anything that's happened the past two or three weeks, but Jonathan Stewart, another riding on the wall situation. Uh, The injuries throughout his career have been an issue, and and he just struggled last year. He just wasn't very good. I think they are another team that adds a running back and, and have even been rumored to go after Leonard Fournette early in the draft. I'm kind of surprised they haven't cut Stewart yet, actually. I'm surprised he's still on the roster.
1: Somewhat, but I think he's still a good player. You know, like, if you look at their offense, it's much different the last two years when he's healthy and when he's not. You know, I think they've done a very poor job uh, of bringing in his successor last year the year before. You know, I mean, that's when they should have brought somebody in, and then they could have afforded to cut him, but – if by chance they don't end up with Fournette, and I don't think they'd want Cook, then all of a sudden he might be a winner again. You know, you know what I mean? Like if they wait to the second or third round for a running back, he he very well could be the opening day starter.
0: I guess I, I don't. If if he's their opening day starter, I don't know. I don't know how happy yeah. they are about that. If if they have their their choice, I think they're they're finding somebody else, and maybe he stays on the roster as as a strong backup or as that veteran presence, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. But I think they have to
1: find somebody else there. I'm reaching on a riser, but I took Funchess just because I think their receiver moves, letting Ginn walk, not doing a heck of a lot else to challenge Funchess for snaps shows some confidence in him. But again, I'm reaching. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, tough. Right.
0: It's tough to find a player for every team. What do you think they added? Charles Johnson, the kid from my, uh, from Minnesota, uh, he was a, a breakout that's great for him. Yeah. He was a kind of a breakout favorite a couple of years ago. People expected uh, a big season from him after he flashed a little bit at the end of the prior year. And it, it just never turned out. He, he didn't really get the snaps and, Uh, probably deservedly so whether that was a practice issue or whatever it might've been, but yeah, maybe he can get that, that Ted Ginn role. And right now he has no value. Even, even with this change, he's, he's sitting on basically every waiver wire, I would assume. So
1: I think that's a good call because it's not like I'm going to hit pause on this podcast and run to the waiver wire right now to pick him up. But if they don't add anybody else in the draft, you know, they ha- that team, as much as any team in the league, has a clear plan for every position on the field. And their receivers, they want to be giant human beings for two simple reasons. Cam's not real accurate, so they want a really wide catching radius. And they run so much, they want 240, 230-pound guys blocking on the edge. Well, Johnson fits that.
0: Like you said, not a sprint to your waiver wire, but definitely put him on your watch list as as the uh, off-season rolls along. Let's finish up, Matt, with the NFC West and start there with the Seattle Seahawks. Who do you see losing value in Seattle?
1: Rawls is the obvious one. You know, they signed Lacey. Um, they still have Collins. They still have Procise. Rawls doesn't stay healthy. I don't think his stock was exactly up, but I think Lacey is a, a pure slap in the face that we're upgrading over you, you know, Mr. Rawls. However, I don't think Lacey, if I owned Lacey right now, I'd be shopping him. I mean, I think ProSice is still the back to own there.
0: I did pick Lacey as my winner, uh, basically because he had been left for dead in Green Bay. His value was way down. I saw him moved for a third-round pick in one of my leagues. I think that's probably an extreme example, but his his dynasty value was clearly not what it was a couple years prior. So I think – Dynasty value alone, this is a, a a win for him, and we'll see if he can produce to match that that dynasty value gain. As far as the running back picture overall, I agree, Rawls. And he's really the player I was talking about when I in that DGB conversation that you know we we fall in love with these players, whether it's their talent, their upside, what they showed in college, what they showed through a one-month span which is what we saw with Rawls, uh, but we fall in love with these guys and we start extrapolating and projecting, and that kind of gets us in trouble sometimes. Sometimes that pays off, but in, in this case with Rawls, I think it's it's caused people to overspend on a player who doesn't have a clear job with his own team. Yeah, To me, he's point. easily, you know, the third in line if you're talking dynasty value-wise. I still think ProSize is probably worth more than Lacey, uh, deserve it or not, then then Lacey and Rawls bringing up the, the rear. I don't know if he has much dynasty value at all.
1: And Lacey doesn't catch the ball at all. What would pro-size, cat, cat, you know, cost me? You know, I, mean, I talked about guys like McKinnon and Abdullah and Dixon. Is he in that neighborhood or is he more expensive than those guys?
0: I think he's more expensive. He You know, he's a guy, and, and you have you might be one of these people matt but he's a guy who really has a loyal following it seems in the dynasty community there's a lot of people who love ProSize, love his game and value him highly so in your dynasty league your individual dynasty leagues the ProSize lover probably already has him on their roster because they were willing to overdraft him a year ago or they were willing to buy him when he got hurt or when he got hurt again, or then when he got hurt again. And he just keeps getting hurt, it keeps giving you buying opportunities. And, and that's the reason I'm not buying on him. I'm worried about these injuries. I think he had four different injuries from the time he was drafted until his season ended.
1: And I think he had a big one at Notre Dame too. Yeah. And I'm all but positive that Pete Carroll has come out saying, you know, even to the public that this guy can't say hell. That. Yeah.
0: Let's move over to the 49ers, uh, a team that has made a ton of changes with a new coaching staff. I don't know how many of those changes are impact moves. I struggle to find a player losing value. Really the only guy we we honestly care about there is Hyde. They bring in Pierre Garçon. Maybe you'll talk about him in a moment. But they bring in Garçon. They re-sign Jeremy Curley. They add Marquise Goodwin. They add Aldrick Robinson, these, these fast Little receivers, again, it's, a, it's another stretch, Matt, but Bruce Ellington, DeAndre Smelter, Eric Rogers some, some of these end-of-bench, deep-stash wide receivers that people have fancied in the past, their, their value, if there was any left, is certainly gone. They're adding wide receivers left and right, and if, you're, if you were still hoping Ellington or one of these other guys turned into something, I think you can probably let that go.
1: Yes, but I think Garcon's a riser. Yeah. Because he could get a lot of targets. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that even he's great, but familiar with the system, maybe the only legit NFL starting type receiver on the roster. They're going to be losing a lot. You know, I mean, he's going to get a lot of receptions against prevent defenses late in games. Um, my take on what they're doing there is they're overspending for everybody, including youth check, a fullback, and you know these, but they're trying to build a much lesser version of what was in Atlanta. You know, and if you look at the Shanahan offenses, going back to his dad and Kubiak and Andre Johnson and Marshall, they've always had a stud ex receiver, Julio Jones. Well, they don't have that guy, so I think that's going to be Garcon's role. You know, you had talked about the little fast guys, the Goodwins and those types. Well, I think they're going to be Gabriel. You know what I mean? I mean, and they're going to play with a fullback. They're going to run the ball a lot. And I wonder if Hyde is going to be a combination of Coleman and Freeman, you know, sort of by default. But I think Hyde's a better receiver than people realize. And I think he's a riser as well.
0: I agree on Hyde. Uh, Again, his is a a matter of health. If he can stay on the field, clearly in for a career year. I agree on Garcon as well. The ones that have me confused are Goodwin and, and Robinson. And really, it's just a matter of, do we bother They're the same guy? Do we bother, bother in adding those guys from the waiver wire? And if so, which ones or which
1: one? See, I think they just bring two little super fast guys in and hope one can be Taylor Gabriel for them, or at least do that role until they find a better version. So, no, I wouldn't want them on my fantasy team.
0: Okay. They gave Goodwin a bigger contract, but Robinson, of course, was with, with Shanahan mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So maybe he has the leg up. That's, that's a tough one. The Arizona Cardinals are next. Um, Matt, anybody losing value in Arizona?
1: No, I have a subtle riser. I'll let you say yours. Maybe it's the same guy. Um, Losing value? I guess not. I didn't write anybody down. I couldn't think of anyone. You know, Gresham re-signed. If you really want to dig deep and you were a Gresham owner, you could have hoped he ended up in the Giants or Patriots or somewhere. I mean, that's stretching it. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, they haven't done much. They they do re- re-sign Gresham, uh, which is I don't see that as a good thing for his value. Like you said, no. they, they just don't use the tight end much. They re-sign Andre Ellington. I've never been an Ellington fan, but if you were hanging on to him, maybe you were hoping he goes somewhere where he's not behind one of the best running backs in the league. So he's probably a, a, a faller as well. Um Yeah, I don't really see any clear winners. Uh, I still like Jaron Brown there. Uh, Got hurt last year and and missed a big chunk of the season. But in the meantime, they ship off Michael Floyd. And John Brown has this in and out of the lineup medical issue that hopefully for his sake is cleared up uh, or or taken care of.
1: But he's my riser, though. Yeah, yeah. Kind of for that reason, you know, because I really love them coming out. And I think he's more than just a speed guy. I don't think he's Goodwin or one of those guys. I'm not saying he's Antonio Brown or you know Odell, but I thought he's a really talented player. And just the things you're reading now are apparently those issues are taken care of. And I think that's what I've heard. And, and they haven't had any rece- receivers to challenge him. I think Brown could be back to being somebody I'm after.
0: You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. There have been positive – uh Reports on his issue. I think it was a sickle cell issue, and yeah, you know, I, I like JJ Nelson. I like Jaron Brown. They've got those guys there, but John Brown is is the talent of that group. And Fitzgerald almost retired a, a a few couple months ago after the season was over. So it's it's no stretch at all to think he's going into his final season. Um, if all those things play out like that, John Brown might be the number one. Got to buy in dynasty this entire offseason across the entire league. Wow. You're, you're on board. Well, I'm just saying we've, we've seen the, <laughs> no, I, hear you. I can get him for two, five, right? I think you probably can. I think you no, can buy him no. for a second and, and probably should. Yes. Yeah.
1: I like that a lot,
0: Matt. Let's finish up today and, and wrap up the show with the Los Angeles Rams. Another team that's, that's a tough one. They let Kenny Britt go. They bring in Robert Woods. They overpaid him. They bring in Lance Dunbar. Lance Dunbar. I kind of like I that move, actually. Like that. I still had a tough time finding a
1: faller a or a riser. Who, who do you see there? Um, I didn't think of fallers. I, I didn't see one that was obvious. Is Woods a riser? I kind of think so because they must like him more than I do. You know, they brought him in and gave him a lot of money. And they could be the same situation as like a Garcon where catches a lot of balls late in games when it doesn't matter. And somebody has to catch passes there. Um, I wrote down Gurley and Goff though. And the main reason why is I think Whitworth makes left tackle. It used to be a gaping hole. Now it's a huge strength. And then you move Robinson and they're saying he's going to play right tackle, but I think he'll end up at guard. They may get better at two offensive line spots and actually be able to function with a an offense and i also think the coaching hire is good for golf too the coaching change has to be a good thing for
0: for the entire team right. but specifically for Gurley and golf and the changes to the offensive line i think you make a good point there Gurley's still expensive but uh he that's a problem he's cheaper than Le'Veon bell david johnson Le'Veon these bell. these other guys so now could be a good time to buy Gurley.
1: But they're not close, in my opinion. You know, I mean, I would offer you far less for Gurley than
0: – Well, the, the fear with Gurley done. is that he's Trent Richardson 2.0. You know, that's what you've heard a lot and seen a lot from different people.
1: So I think he's partially to blame, too. Like, I didn't like the way he ran last year.
0: Right, right. Going back to Woods, yeah, I think his contract alone makes him a riser. But right. I'm not sure I, I believe in him. He's a he's a blocking he's a good blocking wide receiver.
1: I know that's what everybody says about him, and it's true. I mean, I think they even said that when they announced in his press conference. Oh, we got ourselves a good blocking receiver. And I was like, well, great. But he's also not a bad receiver either. I mean, I don't know that he's even a starter, but for them, he is for sure. I have a deep one though. Tyler Higby is a big riser to me. I think they could see him as their read. I mean. That offense does a lot of work with the tight end, and he's a talented one.
0: Yeah, I like Higby a lot, too, and uh, they haven't haven't done anything there to threaten his job. So.
1: And they actually got rid of Kendricks.
0: Right, right. They, yeah, they dumped Kendricks. Yeah, good point. Higby probably is, is the riser of that group, again, along with the entire offense because of the coaching change. Uh, Fisher's gone. So they bring in Sean McVay. It's got to be a good move.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the offense is nowhere to go but up.
0: All right, Matt. Well, good discussion today about the risers and fallers in the NFC. And uh, we'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.